I am sitting there again. I'm I'm getting like the the jolts, like I'm electrocuted because I'm like my body's just like, you know, my reactions are so. Yep. Feed me more. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy. I am the Big Guy Ryback. I'm sitting here with JD in Florida. No Asian Joe this week. He's out on assignment in LA again. and uh, But he'll be back for next week's show. What's going on, man? Well, I guess we're going to have to pick up the slack. Going <laughs> to make fun of someone here. I don't know what... Uh, it'll probably be me you make fun of. We might have to keep this episode a little shorter. Yeah, what are we going to talk about? Jeez. Now, the, the um, I don't think we ever have a guideline on how long we ever have to to go. It's actually suggest it was suggested we do shorter shows. It's for the the, the metrics of the show. It's uh, an hour would probably equate to the way that they measure more listens, but I don't know. Especially if you're interviewing guests, it would have to just eventually we'd have to alter the show just to be interviewing guests. And then, which would probably do our record numbers, just less about life or me and more about Well, I mean, there's some long podcasts out there. Rogan has some episodes that are over three hours sometimes. Pritchard's had a few that are uh, like four hours. Yeah, we'll get Pritchard, though, is, I think, one of a kind in the fact of uh, the, the knowledge that he has of the business. That I don't think outside, you know, like Bischoff's doing it, and uh, Shiavani is uh, doing that. The you know the the retelling of the the period because I, I think there's such a demand for fans to to want to know that, and like essentially Pritchard's show, in my opinion, it's like almost like you're listening deep down. I feel like it's almost like they're getting they're it's almost like Vince retelling it in a way. Or from you know what I mean? Not maybe it's not Vince, but like it, the closest thing to him at the, that period. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was, uh, you know, it's like these days or ever since there's been emails, there's you you, you know you CC somebody on something, but in those days, if something happened and Pritchard wasn't there, Vince would immediately call him so yeah. that there was like a record of the meeting that just took place or you know, almost like a secondary account of the, of what was just said. So, you know, and so anytime he wasn't there in person, you know, anytime I've listened, it's almost like, well, I wasn't there, but as soon as it was over, Vince called me and he said this, 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 and this, and like, it's almost like a, uh, a history lesson because there's a lot of rumors and a lot of, uh, guesses on what happened or, fables going on for decades of what supposedly happened and he you know he corrects all that stuff and it's literally basically right from the horse's mouth so it's just a whole different that that period and no internet it was uh i always wonder like what would that period have been like with social media like yoko zuna on twitter just thinking about that or like (laughs) or yoko zuna having an instagram page or just all those guys you think about it, it is a, it was an entirely different period. But I think that's part of the appeal to it is it's that information is is not known everywhere. Exactly, you know what I mean? Like today, it seems like everything is anybody could write anything. And well, I mean, you got to remember the business was way more interesting 
then than it is now. It's, I mean, once they became a public company, it didn't happen immediately, but slowly over time, things became, uh, I don't want to use the word boring, but they became less interesting from the aspect of everybody was more behaved and, and a lot of that it's for the good because yeah. some of that behavior from the past was, was, Unacceptable. uh, well, I mean, drug induced yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, but it kind of was a lot more like the wild west and people's personalities were dominant and it just allowed for a lot of stories. I mean, I used to, as soon as somebody would write a book, you know, in the early 2000s, once they started doing all the books with everybody, I couldn't wait to buy it because there would be so many stories mm -hmm. in those books. And so many of them were funny. So many were interesting. Some of them you never heard of. And uh, I, I just feel like, you know, probably like a decade from now, you won't be getting books like that or podcasts kind of going. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's I always... I mean, I think everybody will have stories based off of what they're going through now, but I just don't think the stories will be as interesting and as, you know, there was, a, there was like a wild card element to yeah. the industry for a long time. I do, though. I always say, I always try to, to like look at everything, no, no matter what my stance on it is, is but the, uh, but also, did we just view things differently because they were, we were viewing them through child, child uh, a child's eyes, you know what I mean? And then... Now kids today, I wonder if they view that the same way though. If it, you know what I mean. And then is in 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 ten, fifteen, twenty years, if they're gonna think, I don't know. I think well, that, may, maybe, but I mean, when these books they started doing the book deals, I mean, I was already working, and yeah. it was still it actually, I to me, it made the books more appealing because at that time, the amount of smart marks. Were, were small so as a fan there was things that they could be talking about in those books that you might not even have a clue about or, or be able to understand yeah unless you were actually in the business so i and a, a lot of people you know would read those books and be like holy shit this is so cool but you would know everything they're talking about uh -huh. because you knew all the inner workings and everything right yep or certain things like they would talk about with indie promotions and certain things that like you know, the average fan maybe wasn't privy to or had never experienced kind of thing. And, and, uh, but I don't know. I mean, like, you know, again, I'm sure there's interesting stories and situations happening now. Uh, I just think that because of that wild card element from the it past, it was definitely things, different. Yeah. You imagine what I always often wonder what, uh, what do you think wrestling would have been like if, like, there was a wellness policy back then and steroids didn't exist in wrestling back then? Just hard to picture like Ultimate Warrior running to the ring. He's buck seventy five. Does it? Or I don't, well, I don't know. Like it's uh, and not to just say him, but any of them. It, it was because uh, it was it was a completely different business. Well, I don't know. I mean, that would have played a factor, but I think it. Some of the guys and and the recreational drugs would have played a bigger factor because I think yeah. some of the guys, you know, took whatever they needed to take to go and be in front of the camera, yeah. which, you know, is not a good thing. But at the same time, there was a lot of magic created because some of those guys were able to, you know, whether it was slightly under the influence or whatever, were able to truly relax and focus. And, you know, there's a lot of 
artists out in the world, whether it's painters or, or whoever, and, you know, people who write movies and they will sit there and write movies after they smoke, while they drink, you know, they, they, uh, why do you think acid became popular in the sixties? Yeah. No. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that people, it's almost like when you're completely sober, you can't truly, well, not for everybody, but some people can't truly tap into their creativity to the same extent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like a lot of musicians, there's a lot of musicians that would smoke yeah. when they would write their songs. And, uh, I mean, it's hard to argue too, because if you listen to, you know, there used to be so much good music that constantly came out in the seventies. You look at how many bands there were, there was, there was funk, there was rock, there was uh, even disco, and then of course, leading into the eighties with with the hair bands and everything. But a lot of that had some type of drug influence with the creativity, and that music stands the test of time. Absolutely, I wouldn't argue that at all. The uh, that's funny because I've, we've talked about it in, before. I came up with Ryback, the whole thing, when I was as drunk as I've ever probably been out inside watching WWE 24 7, whatever it was back in Louisville, when uh, working at Smoky Bones. And it was uh, chewing tobacco and a, a bottle, a big bottle of Burnett's vodka. And then like, I don't know if that idea, I was, I, was in, I, was, I was extremely intoxicated. I don't know if that idea pops in my head for how just, it, like, and I've talked about it before, how that series of events and, Whatnot, but uh, you hear that though about people with musicians, particularly with that. But with wrestling, I always uh, that was like one of the things too. I always used to hear cocaine was a was something that was used often, regularly back in that period. And you never know; that's all hearsay and whatnot. But you go back and watch, and you see the how amped up some of the people are. And, and but it was a different period. Well, it not only was it a different period, you have to think, too, would cocaine has, and I'm sure it was prevalent. I mean, those guys were working schedules. A whole different wor- schedule. Worse than guys work now. I mean, they were legit working 320 days a yeah. year, maybe more. You hear that. And, the guys say they weren't home for weeks at a time or months at a time. and Well, yeah, and, and they just, they ran at times two and three different house show crews and they didn't have Monday Night Raw and everything. Like it was just live events every day. And they only had four or six pay per views a year. So it was, you know, and sometimes they would run two shows a day or whatever. And I think a lot of guys that did, you know, cocaine back then did it just because they were so tired. Yeah. Uh, but it makes you wonder had things been more advanced, say, supplement wise, because there wasn't even really supplements back yeah. then. If they had stuff like pre-workouts or other over-the-counter stimulants that were strong, yep. had maybe more they options. wouldn't. Yeah, no, that's a, yeah. that's a very realistic possibility. I think you got to factor in all that stuff when you look back, and it's they don't they didn't have all the things that we have readily available to us today and whatnot. So it's this is by no means criticizing, just simply. No, I'm I mean sure. you can only drink so much coffee. Yeah, no, trust me. I there's been many a nights, man. I remember a few times in uh, with WWE in doing the rides, uh, especially like doing a media day. There were, there were some times on getting in, uh, doing, doing like raw than, or doing a live event, but the worst was doing raw 
and then having to do the drive to SmackDown and having to do media that morning for SmackDown. But like you'd be involved in something like at the end of the night and they would oftentimes, they would offer you a car service. So it's not like they didn't offer it, but I always rode my, like I always had my own rental car. So, and then like having this, you got to, the guys all usually had their own cars and they're, they're right there. They have their groups. So then you're, it was always just like, it was a pain in the ass trying to like, Hey, do you want to take my car? Because I, realistically they would offer you that. So you could try to sleep on the ride over there, which I would never be able to do anyways. But there were some times I remember being on very little sleep, uh, and doing coffee at night. And, uh, like a lot, I remember many times stopping for a large coffee at a gas station and still having to pull over on the side of the road. Cause my head kept bobbing up and down, which is, I can't, I I've had a few close calls and, uh, and I can, I, man, and then it was, it makes you question always. And we always, I think always say like, how have there not been more accidents with the travel schedule and traveling at night and whatnot? But a lot of the guys too travel together and they, you know, but I was riding alone. I love, and it was by choice. Like I said, to listen, I love listening to audio books and everything. And, but there were some close calls. I remember I had to pull over a few times, take a little siesta on the side of the road. And uh, just 15, 20 minutes, you hear the semi trucks blowing by, the cars shaking because you're, you're, there's not that much room on the side of the road. And yeah. Just making me like, what a way to go. It's just a semi truck just barrels over you as you're trying to get a little nap on two in the morning, three in the morning. Oh, but, dude, the last, right before I stopped wrestling, I uh, did a TV taping in Miami, which is about four hours from Tampa. We, uh, I left my house at uh, quarter after seven, seven thirty in the morning. We had to check in at noon. Barely got there for noon. We finished taping at close to midnight. Um, by the time we actually got out of the building and in the car and got on the road, we opted out for going to dinner with everybody and said, "Well, we'll just we'll pick something up on the way because it was already like twelve o'clock." So we, we get on 95, and we're on 95 for about 15 minutes, and it is four lanes of a parking lot. There's apparently a horrible accident, and 95 is basically temporarily shut down. <sighs> Nowhere near an exit. Can't get off. You see people all over the place, literally out of their cars, cars. just walking around. So we were there for about an hour and a half, two hours, and I sp- felt myself fading at that point now it's like it's creeping up on two in the morning and we still basically have the full four hours oh so as soon as we start moving i you know i had uh tarver in the car and uh this uh, a local promoter with me here who was also a manager so as soon as we started moving again i said i gotta pull over and uh i got a coffee and i'm thinking to myself christ it's fucking two o'clock in the morning and i'm getting a coffee yep so I get a coffee. We start driving. Tarver's got his earphones on in the back seat. He's just chill and stuff. And then the promoter in the front, I always bug him about having uh, like narcolepsy. He just like that will fall asleep. Yeah. So we're driving. All of a sudden he's snoring. And I look at Tarver and he's on his phone. He's got his earphones in and shit. And like I, I feel my head bobbing. And I'm oh. like, oh, fuck. So I pull over. Can't like, do anything about that either. No, it's... no. And like, what, 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 why are we stopping? I'm like, man, fucking my head's bobbing. So I get out and I do a couple laps around the car, getting a deep breath <laughs> and uh, get back in the car. 
start driving, thinking, okay, I feel good. I feel like I got a second win. But 20 minutes later, yep. the eyelids get real heavy and shit. And I'm like, man, I just had, and I think it was like a, it wasn't a 24-hour Starbucks, but there was a place that had Starbucks coffee. Yeah. So it was, yeah. it was high caffeine. <laughs> well, should have been, right? Yeah. So now it's, I remember it was creeping up on like 3.30 or 4 o'clock. And I'm just dying, dying. And and Howard's sleeping, and now I think Tarver's sleeping. So we pull over again, and like, man, what's going on? I'm like, I gotta pull over again. This time I get a fucking Red Bull, a big one. Yeah. And I'm thinking, shit, I'm two two and a half hours from home. What the fuck am I doing? I want to go to bed when I get home. How much caffeine I, is in those big Red Bulls, by the way? Uh, I don't know about the big big one. I know that in the little one is, I want to say 100, 120, and okay. then maybe. The medium one is 160 to 200. I don't know. Okay. And then maybe the big one's close to 300. Yeah. Um, I don't think they had the big, big, big one. Uh, but they had like the one that's like the size of a monster. Yeah. I get one of those bastards. And I'm just like, I can't believe this. Like it's four something in the morning. I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm going to get home and I'm not going to be able to sleep. Dude, I drink this thing. I'm think I need to drink it fast. The faster I drink it, the quicker it's in my system, the quicker it'll be out, and I can go to bed when I get home. I drink it. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Not but an hour later, I am sitting there again. I'm, I'm getting, like, the, the jolts. Like, I'm electrocuted because I'm, like, my body's just, like, you know, my reactions are so. Yep. And it's, like, 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, I can't. There's no way. I can't. I've had a fucking extra strong coffee. I had a, a large Red Bull. Like, I can't get anything else. And, I mean, I was so tired. Like, I, I was up at 7. I probably went to bed at 2 or 3 the night before. I wrestled three matches that day. And it was just a long fucking day. Yeah. I wrote, I got home at 7 o'clock on the dot. So I was... 7 a.m. 7 a.m. So I was like 15 minutes shy of being up for 24 hours. <sighs> and I just remember thinking, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I could have crashed. Like, there was so many... That last 45 minutes, dude. Yeah was hell i was just like time head, goes by so slow too so when you're, slow yeah. the fucking head bobs the fuck <laughs> you know i mean like it was just like man no man. i have nightmares of those head bobs because i did i it's i i there's been a few times i've i've fallen asleep actually in the car i hear like the going off the road and it like that's when i i came up and uh it was actually a lot worse when i had my sleep apnea before I got the mask and it, it actually oh, calmed I down a, because I, and I never realized that was another thing. I dude, if, I, I highly suggest to anybody out there. If you think you have sleep apnea, go get checked out. It will be the best decision you ever make in your life. And it, it will, it will prolong your life. And there's so many things that you don't even realize from not getting a full night's rest. But I remember coming home off the road with WWE and in my, I would wake up the next day in my apartment and I would like turn on the TV to, and make a coffee. I would literally drink a coffee, have breakfast, and I would pass out in my chair in the morning. I couldn't, anytime the TV was on, I never could sit in front of it without falling asleep. And I never understood why. That's like one of the really common things with people with sleep apnea, that the moment they like sit down in front of the TV, they fall asleep. It, and like, it's just one of the like little things. And But I, those, those head bobs, man, when you, hearing you talk about that, it's... Because you hear there's, there's people, man, especially in, in a lot of these roads on, 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 and driving in 
throughout the states, and you got these one-way roads, cars coming at you, man, and that that's like one-lane roads, one-lane roads, yeah, and like yeah. It, it, it's that that's the shit that you you hear. You got to be on your A game driving on those, and I mean, the slightest fucking mistake, they, there's you don't come back from that, and, and let alone, and you know, you just. I always wondered about that with people and whatnot. It's uh, that's one of the aspects of the business where it's, uh, but at the same time, you can't have like I've often thought about that too. You can't have like you can't bus everybody. Everyone would fucking be miserable because it it's around never, each other. Yeah, like with pro sports teams, though they get bused to the events and chartered planes and whatnot. But like in WWE, whenever you got to fly and whatnot, that's a thing. But you get your rental cars, you go your separate ways, you go with your group or by yourself, whatever you do. If everyone had to literally be with each other, it would change the business entirely. I would think the guys would vote against it 100% because it would be, you would literally be locked up essentially all the time. Gyms, everything, like it would just, everything would be a nightmare on the road. So like, I don't know what the alternative to it is, but. Other than not having long drives after the show from a logistics standpoint, because we there's oftentimes you'd have four or five hour fucking drives. Oh yeah. Well, but, I mean, it's not. I, I think. Which I never minded, but it's. If the schedule was like a pro sport, I I don't think anybody would have an issue with. It. Like I don't know, I'm not as familiar with the NFL schedule or like baseball. I know the hockey schedule, and if they go on a road trip. Maybe they're gone for, say, two weeks, and they play a game every third day. So there's a lot of off time. But they, they fly on a chartered plane, and it's a full-size plane, so there's plenty of seats. You don't have to sit with anybody if you don't want. If, the, if they, you know, they go on a bus, they're on like the biggest, most luxurious buses. Everything is first class. They stay in five-star hotels, which are paid for. They get per diems for food, and let's just say they have a uh, one game out of town, and they come back. They will fly on the chartered plane if it's not close enough to drive. They play the game. Game's over. They get on the plane. They fly home. They're back home with their family. It's not really they're not stuck with each other. Yeah. And then, but even still, like like I said, say they go on like a two week road trip kind of thing. There's going to be several days in between where they're free from each other with no responsibilities, no duties, no nothing. And it doesn't work like that with wrestling because no. it's every day. Yeah. So, you know, and I mean, it would be like how it's done on the European tours and stuff, right? Which is everyone hates essentially because you're, it's, and I, I shouldn't say everyone hates, but it, it's more of a, I never, particularly like that but at the same time i wouldn't you don't want you can't get rental cars on your own and driving or i wouldn't want to do that either so i don't know there there really is no for like those there's no no other alternative on that end but in the states i would think yeah, being bust all the time would be as far as together like that it would be just gym wise everything because you wouldn't have access to a car to get to the gyms it would have to be Everything would have to be structured and organized in such a different way with like shuttles like you do in the international tours. They'd have shuttles at every hotel. But you would you would essentially just be around each other nonstop except for when you went home. Mm -hmm. Which is and I, I don't think anyone would that would be overkill. Because you're around each other all day at the arenas anyway, which is fine. Everyone is typically that's enjoyable for the most part. But 
I don't know. I remember I remember uh, my uncle used to own a gas station, and the Rolling Stones were in town, and his gas station was right near the edge of the city. So I think they uh, – I don't know if they came in from Calgary or where they came in, but they stopped at his gas station, and they had seven buses. And they had – each guy in the band had his own bus, and then they had a, a, a bus for the uh, crew. Yeah. And it was just like, holy man, they like they make so much money and they're so famous, they won't even ride together. Each guy has his own bus. No, well, you got to figure they're around each other doing music all the time when they're either rehearsing or playing. You got to have your downtime. You don't want it like that's I. That's the ultimate goal. You have your own bus. That's that's the solution right there. Just get a bus. If uh, then you don't have to worry about the the things. So there we go. Answer. Just everyone get buses. That, then, then, then you got to worry about the logistics thing from from parking the buses because the arenas can only hold so many buses. Well, yeah, Just right. Forty fucking buses pulling up every day, honking. Cena, move your fucking bus. The uh, goddamn. Well, his bus won't be there very often anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, I was going to say one congratulations. I, I know we talked about we're not uh, doing the wrestling stuff, but I feel we, we said we'll talk about it something sometimes and whatnot. And uh, I just will say congratulations to the women involved for WWE Evolution. There was so much stuff on Instagram yesterday. I was just like, but, and I didn't, I didn't get to watch it or anything of that nature, but that's an important thing for the, just the women. That's some, I, I'm more for the women that came before. I think that they are the ones that really laid the groundwork for everything and whatnot. But obviously, and, and today's performers are getting a, a different opportunities than a lot of the ones women of the past had gotten. So I'm glad they brought back some of the key women from the past too to to share in that moment because they were they were they were the truly pioneers for all that. So and whatnot, and then. Uh, what's the deal? The, the WWE Saudi Arabia show is going down, right? They are Crown Jewel is going to be in. Yeah, uh, they're going through with it. So, and again, I always try to look at everything from both sides. Like we said, from a performer standpoint, I wouldn't want to go over there with everything going on. Just, but I understand the people that that do defend it or whatnot. I look at, it, I go, okay, and you never know why someone's saying what they're saying. But you know, if you look at it from Another one argument, if you look at it for like, well, we're going over there, it, it's for the fans. Take everything out of the equation, the contracts, everything. Say all that's not an issue. You, you, well, what did the fans do? The fans didn't do anything, but it's just more from a, you look at the way the rest of the, the, the world has kind of reacted to it and whatnot. And, but at the end of the day, they're bu- a business and they, they're, they're responsible for their own decisions and whatnot. So. It's uh, hopefully everything goes off as planned and uh, all the performers are safe. And which, like I said, when I was there before, they treated everyone really great when I was there. But again, we didn't leave the hotel, nor did I want to leave the hotel. So, but it's one of those deals that uh, they chose to go. And hopefully, uh, just, you know, from a human standpoint, and all the guys, women, men, and women. It's more of the men. The women The women don't go over on that, right? No. Okay, so yeah, all the guys that go over, everything uh, goes smoothly on that end. But uh, Yeah, I mean, it's a catch-22, It's but it's, I think um, 
you know, there's always controversy around a country like Saudi Arabia. There's um, a few countries in the world that operate a certain way. Um, and wanting to promote change or to try to, to uh, like when they went to Abu Dhabi and the girls wrestled. Yep. Uh a lot of people get confused and say, well, that's a Middle Eastern country too. And I think WWE had a thing with their quarterlies I saw on the stock channel. And they were saying like, well, we've been operating in the Middle East for 20 something years. That's true. However, different areas of the Middle East, different cultures, are, right? Are extremely different. Yeah. And some are a lot more progressive and a lot are, more willing progressive than others uh, or to be, to be progressive than others. And uh, sometimes it's just one of those things where you, as much money that could be involved. I mean, there's a lot of big companies that are dealing with billions of dollars with Saudi Arabia that have either suspended business with them for the time being, or have actually straight up, uh, canceled doing business with them over yeah. what's what's transpired and uh not to say that wwe should say you know here's the finger on our 10-year deal but uh i understand them not doing that no like i, I try to look at it if you look at it from a business standpoint but yeah sorry to cut you off on the no it, i mean you, you like it's just a and it looks everything looks bad because yeah. it's obvious that saudi arabia has been lying about all this because they've constantly changed their story. story. Yeah. And the, you know, and then to make matters worse, the thing with the, the reporter's son, they forced him to, to do that deal. And, that, yeah. That's, you know, to, to, they had, they had him come in front of the media and thank them. That's, for ins that's offering insane. Their, offering their condolences when they're the ones that ordered him to be chopped up. Like, and Turkey, the Turkey CIA is still saying they have the audio and they're like, no, he was getting chopped up when he was alive. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, it's, uh, that's can't even fathom. It's just no, such a horrific, you, horrific. Yeah. You can't fathom it. And, and, uh, I don't, I honestly don't think, at all WWE had any intentions of not going I think unless there was some kind of crazy s situation presented a piece of evidence or something yeah. that they would go okay but you know the amount of money they're paying some of the guys they probably would have had to have absorbed it if they relocated the show yeah and you know, because that's I'm what sure... I wonder too. If that's a thing they're doing, where they go through with this one and then reevaluate everything after, I don't know. Maybe, but I mean, it's. Uh, I'm sure Saudi Arabia didn't just cut them a check for all ten years in advance. I'm sure they're no. pay paying them per show ahead of time or whatever the arrangement is. So they could. I'm sure they probably already had the money for this show, because everything would have had to have been planned out, you know, logistic wise and, and equipment yeah. wise and everything. So. It's just, uh, it's unfortunate because it's one of those things where sometimes doing the right thing. And I mean, I get it. There's guys, you know, did a little bit of media and said, look, we're, we're over there. We're trying to promote change. And this is one of those places, Saudi Arabia is where bringing wrestling or 
certain things like that is not going to change because in some of the other countries that are wanting to be more progressive, the governments will listen to the people more than in, in a place like Saudi Arabia or even, you know, like, like a North Korea, like those places are ruled. It's not a democracy. Yeah. The people only have the opinion that they're given, not with, you know, so entirely different world over there. It's, it's different. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I know they're saying they hope that maybe they can bring the women's wrestling. All right. We're back. Technical difficulties. As always, conversation with the big guy. What? So I apologize, JD. Cox Communications, it looks like, is reared its ugly head again and dealt me a hand of poor Wi-Fi, which I've also got to bring that up with. They also sent a, a, a payment to collections that uh, I don't want to. I'll, I'll tell that story after this, but continue on. I'm sorry. On Where were you before I was rudely interrupted by this shit connection? I was just saying that, you know, a couple of the talent have uh, done interviews saying that the reason they want to go or or the reason they think WWE should go is to promote change over there. And yeah. I'm just saying that, unfortunately, it's not – they don't have that kind of influence in a country like Saudi Arabia because there's, you know, Saudi Arabia, North Korea, some of these – there's very few countries like this in the world, but they're, they're not democracies. The, the people are ruled and – the only things that will fly in those countries are whatever the rulers yeah. say will fly. And, you know, I'm sure the people of Saudi Arabia have wanted change for a long time. And I don't know what the, the Internet situation is like. I know North Korea, uh, I don't even know if they have Internet in North Korea. And if they do, it's probably extremely limited. I remember being in China. I know for China when we were over there for... Uh a show the and this was actually in Iraq was the same thing these were the two places i i remember um the 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 wifi the you, i mean you, there was hardly anything worked there mm-hmm. was and we were just sitting in your hotel room and uh everything was just banned like it when like if it was anything that that was it would come up to this like this is prohibited like there's just you access was very minimal to like and just to information yeah, it's Google. Yeah, Google's banned. Yeah, like it is. Yeah. It is insane. Like when things we take for granted on our, our our cell phones and computers, and we have all this knowledge available to us, which all has its positives and negatives with the amount of bullshit out there too. But these people don't even have a chance. Like, no, nope. you they you can't they can't educate themselves outside of maybe outside. And I don't know what like the book situation is, and I'm sure it it goes across everything as far as what they are are exposed to. And uh, it's an entirely different world. And Mm -hmm. and that's why I tell people, I'm thankful I've got to travel to a lot of these places. I don't give a shit about traveling outside. Like, I've done it. Like, if I could stay in the States for the rest of my life, I'd be completely content with that. But I'm very thankful that I did get the opportunity to travel, and I still do. But when you realize how good we have it over here, and you see what it's like in other places, it really puts things in perspective. And, uh, like where you, 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 I, I remember being, being in India and just in being, I'm glad I got to experience that multiple times and seeing what the situation is like and whatnot, but it is, it makes you truly thankful to, uh, 
for me anyways, to, to be from the United States. So, but it is what it is with that situation. Hopefully everyone's all right. Everything goes off without a hitch and, uh, move on. I think we'll go ahead though. Let's take a quick little break with that. And, uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Ryback invented this. Ryback invented that. You've all seen the made-up headlines, but the one thing the big guy Ryback did invent is Feed Me More Nutrition. All natural sports nutrition for men and women. Available on FeedMeMore.com and Amazon. Check out FeedMeMore.com and click on our monthly specials for our Wake Up Unlimited Energy Cherry Limeade. Buy one, get one half off. And vanilla, iso-hungry, grass-fed, prebiotic-enhanced protein isolate. Buy one, get one half off. We have something for everybody with Feed Me More Nutrition. So swing by the website and check it out for yourself. Feed Me More. We are back. And uh, we were just talking. You you were saying uh, social media, the women on there. Uh, in, in some of the images they post and whatnot. And it's, I think every guy in, enjoys some of them to some degree, but like the, the ones that you, there's some that just, there's just something about it that just feels so wrong and it's annoying more than anything. And I don't know why exactly that is, but it is. Well, it's almost like it has uh, the opposite effect. And I mean, I'm sure there's, some guys out there who, you know, maybe they haven't wrestled very many matches or, you know, maybe they haven't had very many opponents and they can never get enough of this stuff, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of guys bad. at home popping blue chew, just surfing Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, it's, uh, it's baffling to me. Some of the pictures where, you know, there's a lot of underwear pictures on Instagram. And there's so many girls that post pictures where they're like in their panties and they have like camel toe or like you could clearly see everything. And it's like, you know that they know what they're doing because you've seen some girls where I choose not to believe that JD. I I choose to believe they're just putting photos up and just, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't look at it that closely. They don't realize that their ass is hanging out sometimes or that you can see through everything. You know how you with know their inspirational quote. Is the one, the ones that have good intentions, will put an emoji or something over their crotch or their ass crack. Right. I, those are the real angels of social media. Or, or like they'll put something over their nipples or yeah. something. You know, like because, because maybe they like the swimsuit, but maybe it was a chilly day when they took the picture or something yeah. like that. But the other ones, <laughs> you're just like you know what you're posting. And the fact that you're posting it and, you know, heaven forbid you look at their page and they have 37 other pictures from the last month of, of similar content. And it's, it's a turnoff because there's only one reason. It's like the girls that post naked pictures and then they kind of like sort of cover up and then they'll have like a fucking Bible quote or some kind of like wholesome women power type thing. It's like, listen, you can talk about empowered women and, and positivity for women. You don't have to be fucking naked. Right. And you, don't, don't even say you have to post the naked picture. No, I think they don't have to do that. Baby. They could avoid that altogether. 
It's well, they say they post the pictures so that people read the quote, but that's like the old joke with Playboy back in the day when people are like, I buy the magazine for the articles. Bullshit. Uh, if that's what you have to do to get people to listen to your quotes, that's not a, I don't know. You, you, so you mean to tell me you're not a fan of, of women posting photos, risque photos with happy Monday or, you know, hump well, every day. day's a happy day. If it's happy yeah. Tuesday, happy fucking Wednesday, happy Thursday, happy fucking Friday, every day's a happy day. Where's the stresses of real life? Don't give me this bullshit. Where's the stress? Of they don't life? exist on social media. And, every, and apparently, apparently everybody's everybody, ultra rich and everything's going great. And, and everybody lives. is fucking related to everybody because it's hey fam. Everything is fucking. Hey I've fam. actually stolen. The, that's my new thing on uh, social media is doing late night when I cook my chicken and steak and hey fam. I actually have gone even one step further and made a hey fam t-shirt on uh, the, the Amazon merch with the feed me more nutrition on the back. But it's just a hand waving on the front. That says, hey, fam. And uh, so, because we're all family on social media, JD. Or what about the people that think they're over and they use lines from people who are over and it's like, hey, it's your girl or, yo, it's your your boy. Like, what do you mean it's your boy? You have fucking 800 followers and you get 12 likes. Like, yo, it's your boy. Like, just, and you know what? Like, the person's not talking to be genuine. They're just yeah. regurgitating no. other shit. Like, okay, this dude's got a half a million followers and he says, hey, it's your boy. And a half a million people, like, if The Rock did, and he didn't talk like that, but if The Rock did a post and was like, hey, it's your, it's, <laughs> I would appreciate it if The Rock did talk like that. Actually. If he did it, he's like, hey, it's your boy, Dwayne. Hey, it's your boy, Dwayne. Here in the Iron Paradise, you know. <laughs> But, like, okay, cool. The guy's got 112 million fucking followers, yeah. literally. If anybody could get, get away saying it, it might be The Rock. But when The Rock says it, it's because everybody knows it's your boy, Dwayne. Yeah. Right? Not when it's fucking, you know, Tom McNutt's over there with, with fucking 600 followers. And you're just like, okay. You know. Yeah, out in Omaha, Nebraska. And then, listen, there's nothing wrong with having... 600 followers or 200 followers. I mean, there's a lot of people. Oh, none of that. I don't even care about any of that. I mean, I'm not saying that at all. Like, I think the people who don't give a shit about their followers, you are the better people. But there's people who live and die by that shit. Oh, yeah. And they will, they live this fake life like they're Insta famous or or whatever. And it's like, you just, I mean, I see through all that stuff. I know some people don't, but I do. And it's a huge turnoff. And, that's one of the disadvantages, I guess, about owning your own business is you can only block out so much of that stuff. No, because I, I know. Because as business, you have to keep an open mind to everybody's a potential customer. Yeah. If it was my personal account, I would probably have 100 followers and I'd probably be following 15 people. But yep. It's, you know, I don't have a personal account on IG. And uh, if I want to just spend five minutes and and look on IG. Now, here's the other thing, too. Like, I have one of those uh, automated services on Instagram. Okay. Which all it does is likes pictures. I don't have it. It doesn't leave comments. It doesn't uh, follow people or or, uh, whatever. Follow people, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't do any of that stuff. It just likes pictures because one of the statistics are 
you know, anybody who has a smaller account under maybe 10,000 followers, if they see somebody likes their picture, they usually go and return the favor. Yeah. And then a percentage of those people will follow you because they didn't know that you existed before. Yeah. So, um, but the problem with that is the algorithm on Instagram reads it as that's the shit that you like. Now, so you, you have to program, be strategic if you what you like, which takes well, way more time if you try to. No, well, no, the problem is when you program the thing, you can put in as many hashtags as you want. It's not like Instagram. So you put in all the hashtags of every. So I'll have on there like tattooed, tattooed muscle, tattooed chicks, uh, tattooed body. But like, you know, I can have 100 hashtags. Okay. Now, so it and it goes around and likes. You might pictures. be liking some pretty shady photos out there, JD, doing that. I, I'm sure it has. I mean, <laughs> there's been times where there's I, some I tattooed muscles out there that are getting some likes from Iron Attitude. Yeah, no, it's it, it, the worst ones are with the girls because you can look and see uh, sometimes like what your recent pictures were that you liked. Okay. And I'll literally like if I go on Instagram and I see what the robot liked and it's like sleazy pictures or some nasty shit, I will go and unlike it physically myself how i try to manage it is when i physically go on myself i literally will go and like a ton of pictures of things that i like seeing so there's like three different corgi pages i follow yeah there's uh about a half a dozen different car pages i like there's one or two watch pages i like and uh a couple sports pages so i will literally go to those pages and like like 15 or 20 fucking pictures on each account to try to balance out the algorithm yeah so that i'm not seeing just total fucking narcissistic attention seeking horseshit no that's what uh that is it, it, that is uh what's the word i'm looking at instagram it, that stuff is running rampant on there and uh well, that's what i like i was telling you about the guy on bill maher I can't remember his name. Yeah, what was that you were telling me about that? The... Well, he was saying, like, you know, how everybody is hypersensitive now. Everybody's offended everything. Like, you see, it started off initially as, like, a, an insult from, the like, Republicans to Democrats, like, snowflake. But there's yeah. snowflakes everywhere on the right and the left. And snowflake is a term for basically, like, you're you're too sensitive, you're a wuss. Okay. And... But it's been going on. This guy said that they've been studying, you know, human behavior. And it started in about 2012, 2013. I wasn't on Instagram at that time. I I wasn't either. I only had Facebook. But he said that the more people became involved with stuff like Facebook, or sorry, uh, Instagram, and it became about attention, you all of a sudden broadened... uh, the category of attention instead of it just being strictly like or dislike it's like well you can like it or maybe not you some people like it but some people don't because they think that's offensive but it was just it was interesting and i mean he went into a lot of detail i highly recommend you can go on youtube um what's the name of this again do you remember it was with uh, bill maher though right it was on bill maher but on, on uh the hbo youtube page they break it up into segments so you don't have to watch the whole show okay 
And it's not his, his, the first interview he does is with Stormy Daniels, and then he brings on his panel after her, and then after the panel he brings on the guy I cannot remember his name, um, to talk about. Uh, was it the late? Was it the latest episode or? Yes, this oh, past Friday. Okay, so yeah, if you just YouTube, but it's just Bill it's Moore. it's just interesting because it like we're talking. It's only been like normally in history. It takes decades at times to change society's behavior. It's happened way quicker. This this is literally, we're talking about a complete, total change in certain aspects in a matter of four or five years. Five years, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's concerning. I remember, man, WWE, the social media team, I was against Instagram. They, social media Nikki, great guy. And I remember we were over in the U.K., and from a business standpoint, I wish I would have gotten it in 2012 when I debuted because it would have, uh, uh, especially with that first couple of years, the amount of followers could have been um, pretty significant because like that, I got it my last year there and got a million all in that little time frame. And it, uh, it's gone up slowly from that. It's almost a 1.1 actually now. I was just looking at that the other day. But it's... Uh, my life was so much, the only thing I really had access to was Twitter, which was, I would delete that off my phone from a period. Then there were times when I would have fun on that and do the, the, the tweet and delete and talking shit to people. Like that was actually a ton of fun doing all that. But the, uh, as far as uh, I would just delete it off my phone whenever I was like, okay, this is bullshit. And in life was pretty simple, but it, uh, Instagram, it, it did. It's just an entirely different thing. And like Facebook, I've never been a Facebook guy. I've always had it, and I have it for my business. But I, I don't. I, I honestly don't go on it. Like, do not contact me on Facebook. I might go months without seeing it, and whatnot. I just, I don't. Nothing on that platform interests me. Never has, and never will. Um, but Instagram, yeah, it's like we gave people too many options. And uh, I just looked it up. The guy's name, if you go on uh, YouTube, it his name is Jonathan Hate, <laughs> H, Hate. But it's H A I D T, and the segment is called "The Coddling of the American Mind." The coddling um, of the American mind. Yeah. All right. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Facebook was. Uh, I told you. I mean, I've said it before. Anybody who else, anybody else who can remember, will know. Facebook used to be very different. It was uh, like MySpace was good. For wrestling, Tom, because it'll... Tom was the MySpace guy, right? Uh, was that Facebook? Yeah, no, no, yeah, it was yeah, Tom. Tom. Yeah, Tom had a good operation over there at MySpace. Shit Dude, was a people, lot friendlier. People, uh, people I remember uh, seeing a tweet where uh, somebody was making fun of him, saying, "Ha ha ha, you got owned by Facebook or some shit like that." And Tom was like, "I sold MySpace for five hundred million dollars. Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was just that little picture of Tom sitting in the chair. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Tom, what a guy. He had a nice, friendly operation at MySpace. But it was, you know, MySpace was good because it allowed you to interact with people in different parts of the country. Like, as a wrestler, I was able to communicate with promoters a lot easier. And your page was... 
it was a lot more simple. Like you could have a status, but people couldn't comment on it. You had a wall where people could leave comments, but it wasn't like a place to debate. You had pictures and video, but there was only so much allowed, but it really helped. I got a lot of bookings through MySpace, And then I remember when Facebook came along, I was like, well, I might as well just make a Facebook page because MySpace works so well. It can't hurt to have a Facebook page. But it didn't. I didn't get any bookings from Facebook or do anything because, for the first couple of years, it was almost a clone of MySpace. And then they started to change it, and you could like stuff, and you could comment on other people's pages, and they got rid of the wall, and they made it where you put, could change your status, and people could talk on the status. Yep. They started having pages like there was no pages before there was it was just like individual profiles. Yep. There was no business pages or groups or games or. Well, once I think the- they realized the amount of money that they could yeah. bring in, it, everything changed. Everything changed. And yep. it became about how much money can we make and not what's best for people. And, and again, but people are the one you, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's no different on the social media platforms. But a lot of it had to do with, you know, the likes and the comments. Like you would post a picture once upon a time and people like there was they couldn't do anything with it. They could just look at it. Yeah. Which is honestly like that is the ultimate like that. Because why do why would people like why would you need people to comment on it? It, it You shouldn't. It, it, it goes against like, I don't know. It's just. Uh, something. It was surprising. almost like it was almost like a, it was almost like a multi-layered resume like you could you know like as a wrestler or a musician or somebody like you could post pictures of your matches you could post promo pictures uh you could put little video clips you could put all this stuff but there was no ability to criticize or debate or now don't get me wrong some debating and conversation is healthy absolutely as, as usual negativity dominates like that's why i've said for years facebook you know as as much good as it can do ultimately it's like the pink slime from fucking ghostbusters yeah right like it's just once it starts touching everybody it 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 has so much possibility for good intentions but it ends up overall yeah bringing out the worst well, the majority of people, though, in general, though, when you look at the world and the way things, like I said, from everything, from the media, just everything, it all is tied. It, it, it's not just social media's fault. It's, it's, it's a combination of a multiple, a multitude of things. And, and it's, a, it's a negative mindset in general. And I think that's like an outlet for a lot of people. And, and there's a lot of people spending way too much time. And again, that all goes back to that money thing. They created, how can they make the most money possible? Well, the more time people spend on these platforms, the mm-hmm. more the more ways there are for them to make money. So what's the best way to get people to stay on these platforms? Well, you make them addicted to it. And they know that from every little thing that they have instituted in there, it's been well thought out. There's no doubt in my mind about this whatsoever. And there's that's why I was going to ask you. It makes me question, what's like the next level on this? We got the AI learning, the artificial intelligence learning us, like I said, better than we know ourselves, monitoring everything tied into Google, everything on our phones are all connected essentially from Amazon ads to Google ads, from a Voxer conversation that me and you have from an app 
things are they're being traced. They're being tracked. Our behavior is being tracked. And like, so what's next? How does this? It's like the Black Mirror show where people are rating each other to their face. You know what I mean? Where like you're you go and you you go for a walk and as your neighbor and you are, are encountering each other, your profiles pop up on each other's phone and you rate your interaction with your neighbor right there. Like on Black Mirror, where everybody where likes essentially become currency. And the people that are the most liked are the richest people. And the people that were the least liked were poor. Which it was like a whole other... When you look at it, you're just like, holy shit, this is the way we're going. With how this is uh, evolving and how fast it's happening. And I don't know, man. Like, I, I tell you, when I meet it, like somebody... You could almost like when you meet a girl too, you could tell by it, like how they are on their social media pages. That will that will make or break a girl, in my opinion. Like if we meet a girl and you think everything's good and then you see their social media page and like there's some red flags, fuck no, I'm out. Like I don't mm-hmm. no thank you and whatnot. It's but uh, well, yeah, I mean, as far as how far we're heading, that would be probably the extreme finale is where it literally is running society would we get there i don't know i mean that that does take place joe said currently right in china in some areas yeah yeah and i mean but it's a communist country so it's hard to say if something like that in a democracy would uh ever even be allowed i mean one would hope not but um I don't know. I mean, where do you go? I mean, we've seen just in the last couple of months, the algorithm on Instagram change again to where it is encouraging more than ever people to spend more time because the more you interact with people now, it's affecting how much people see you as where before it didn't. So now you have to reply to comments more. You have to post more you have to have more interaction with people. It's making you have to spend more time. To re- they, they're rewarding. Rewarding, and yeah. I mean, if you if you if you are somebody who doesn't give a shit about social media and you just have a page for whatever, then it doesn't affect you. Yep. But if you have a business or you're doing anything where you sort of need social media, it's frustrating because they're making like there's some people who have no lives. And they live on social media yeah. and whatever. But it's like there's not there's not a happy medium with it. They're going in the direction all the time, it seems like, of, well, this seems to be the way the wind is blowing, so let's go there without even comprehending necessarily if that's... But people are following it too. That's the other thing because there are people that need to, like, for, like you said, for businesses and other people that are just straight addicted to it, like it's... So it, it's, they're just, they're more, 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 more. But like, it makes sense because you'll see some beautiful women on there. Like I know some from my gym. There's this uh, Brazilian girl, absolutely gorgeous. Great, great woman, family. She's like, she just posts, she posts workout photos and like, but, but she's, she's in phenomenal shape. She's in her forties and you would never be able to guess. But like, she doesn't get like a ton of likes or con- like, she has just a regular following, just very small, but you would think, and you would like, you see other girls posting similar things and they have, but their interaction is much more where it's being rewarded and, and it shows on their likes and comments and whatnot. And I don't know, man, that's just not, that's like, what do you do? Like, that's why I said, 
having people run the account or the accounts, which I've done already on the other ones and I'm doing mine, but I'm still involved in those because I have to be, it's, I don't want to have to be spending any more time on that than I, like, it, it's, I don't know. It just doesn't well, feel it, right. It, it, no, it doesn't. And, and a lot of people too, they, everybody tries to sugarcoat or cover up why they're spending so much time on social media or why they're posting. Like you see it all the time. Like there'll be sleazy pictures and it's like, don't judge a book by its cover. You don't know me and I'm, I'm strong and I'm educated and da just like, okay, but that has nothing to do with the fact that there's something wrong with your personality to where you, you don't just put that stuff out there. Yeah. Unless you are wanting a reaction. And then there's the other people too, where, before, if you wanted to be famous or successful, you actually had to bring something to the table. Mm -hmm. You had to have a skill. You had to have a talent. You had to be able to play an instrument. You had to be able to write something. You, there, you know, you had to actually have something to offer. You know, skill wise. Yeah. And now people. You know, and, and how many people truly have that kind of talent? Not very many. You know, or realize really... I, I think I think all people are talented in one way or another, but I think very few actually realize that. To be well, to be a, to, but, I mean, you know, you're talking about being a a, a mega star as as a singer or an actor yeah. or something like that. I mean, yes, shows like uh, American Idol. Or uh, there's another one. Top Superstar or something? Some, something I don't talent. even know how I'm naming the names. I don't watch any of these legit. I'm just... Amer what is it, American Talent or... America's uh, Got Talent? Okay, something like that. Yeah. Now, that's another thing. Okay, well, they can discover people because all... You know, that's another thing that was lacking over the years was a way to discover people. I mean, you used to have to be a go-getter, right? If you wanted to make it as a musician... You had to make demo tapes. And I mean, you'll hear about this in, in 90s music. You know, artists will put it in their songs talking about how they had to go after it. And they had to mail demos to all the record companies. And then they would not hear back, so they'd have to do it again. Or they'd have to go and move to the area and play in clubs where they knew promoters or, or you know, bigwigs would be hanging out having a drink. And you had, they had to go after it. Yeah. Now, okay, you got shows like American Idol and stuff like that. I don't have an issue with that because the format has changed a little bit. It, it's changed, yeah. but you you know the cream rises to the top. Still, they're not just randomly yep. picking people, going, "Hey, we're just going to make you a star." But on social media, there's a lot of people who want to be famous, and there's a lot of people who want success, and either they are unable to truly tap into their own potential for whatever that may be. Or they're too lazy and they, they see social media as – and it, it's been called the Bieber effect. And I've seen – I saw a, a documentary on it where – because what year did Justin Bieber become famous? Like I just saw some photos of him the other day and I don't know if they were real or not, but he looked – he didn't look good. I don't know if they, they were making the – it looks like – and I, I don't know from what period they were from, but they were supposedly recent and it was uh, – like did not look good, and I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I, I couldn't tell you anything about him actually. I just know the name, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Sorry that popped. No, up. he's he's had he's had a lot of issues, but okay. he got he got famous from YouTube, right? Okay. 
Okay, so he was just a little kid, and his parents were putting the videos up on YouTube, and I can't remember who saw him, and uh, discovered him, and all of a sudden he was, you know, essentially an overnight success. Yeah, a lot of people have seen that, and I don't know what year that was. Two thousand, probably between two thousand ten, two thousand twelve, or thirteen, or something. A lot of people saw it, and they call it the Bieber effect. Going, hey, wait a minute, this guy went from zero to hero. Yeah. I can do I can do that too. And for the people who don't have those musical talents or other talents, they're trying in other ways, like they'll put together a video and try and have the video go viral. And they're doing yeah. stupid shit and dangerous shit I, and crazy shit because they're trying Have you seen there were actually a video and you never know what's real and what's not real. There was a video of a guy jumping across buildings. Where it was, uh, they were they weren't they weren't terribly far apart, but whatever the 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 setup was of these buildings, he was jumping back and forth on these different. Where if he would have messed up, he would have been dead, based off of the and like. But it was a video done like you're like why, there was nothing in particularly impressive about it like uh, for this particular one, but it was it was just. You look at it and you're like, what are you doing? But I've, there's been other ones where you see people doing those. Have you seen those, the, the bar videos where they, they're like sideways with their core, holding onto a bar, and they were hanging over a building? Where, again, if that pole were to break or something, like people are doing some pretty crazy things for attention. Where it, it's not going to make them any money, but it, it's like an attention thing. I don't know. It, it's, uh... no, a lot, no, a lot of those videos are real. Um... A guy died about, I don't know, two, three, four months ago. He, his thing that he was trying to get noticed off of was he would climb over the edge of buildings and hang on by his fingers like a chin-up. Yeah. And then he would pull himself up and, you know, he would do them on these really tall buildings and he always had somebody with him filming, and he was on, like, it was one of the tallest buildings in China. And his buddy wasn't with him. So on a different section of the building, or a building that was really close by, he set up his camera on, it like, a tripod or whatever. Yeah. And he goes, and he, he was doing it because he was trying to win, he was going to submit it to this thing for 50 grand. This building was like 70 stories, 80 stories tall or something. Okay. He goes over the edge, hangs over. He's hanging by his fingers. He starts to do his chin up, and he can't get the chin up. He tries swinging his legs for momentum. He can't do it, and he just drops. What the hell? I watched the video. That video is online? Yeah. So he obviously he fell to his death. He fell set like seventy or eighty stories. And that's a real. That's a real video. Yeah. He was trying to. Uh, his girlfriend had said that she, he had told her he was going to film it to to submit it for this fifty thousand dollar prize. But that was his thing. Like you see these other people, dude. They go on like the tallest buildings or the tallest cranes in the world. And they go to the very top, and they have these really long selfie sticks. And, I mean, the pictures are absolutely amazing. But, Jesus Christ, I mean, if they fart too hard, they're going to die. It's not worth it. You it's think. not worth but, it. But, no. I mean, and I don't think, again, though, you can't. It's just, 
that shouldn't be a thing. That's right. It shouldn't be a thing. It, it's because that, that, but that behavior has been rewarded in the past. And it's, so it's, there's no coming there's a, back from that. That's right. There's other ways to get an adrenaline fix. And I mean, look, some of these guys, dude, they are so calm, cool, and collected when they're up, you know, it's, it's crazy, right? It's like, I remember seeing video of a guy in the seventies. He, there was, he had a, a wire set up between the two world trade centers and he was walk he walked it. Yeah. Right. I mean, dude, what are they? They were like 110 stories tall. They're I mean, high. it was yeah, they were high, and they had, yeah. they had a they had a, a helicopter, you know, zooming in on him, and you could see like the ground and the cars were so far away that they looked like just little specks. That's how high up it was, and it's like the guy must have been nervous, but he was he was very calm, and like that's one of the things you see with some of these other guys who are doing these jumps and some of these stunts from building to building. I'll give them credit. I mean, they are cool as a cucumber, but there is no room for error. No. I mean, it's I'm, like you make it or you don't. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I mean, I don't. And it's for what? I mean, again, most of them, why are they filming it? They're not doing it for the fun of it. They're not doing it for the thrill of it. They're doing it because they want the footage. Yeah. And they hope that it's going to benefit them. The, I, I just look at it, well, people are going to do what people are going to do. And I just, I look at it, all we can control is ourselves. And I think, like I've said, for me, the game plan is turn our social media over and not even have it. I wouldn't want it. Like, I, I don't, there's no, and I get that you could, or to be able to put, have it and to put your content up, but I wouldn't want, I don't want to be exposed to it. I don't want to have to look at it. I just have a team running it, send them a video, put this up with this message. You know what I mean? In in that way and, and control control it from that aspect because I don't even like having it on my phone to be honest. It it really it, it is a it, but it is an evil necessary at this at this stage in the game. But goals, that's what it's all about. And the goal is to get it off the fucking phone. That's for damn sure. But I was gonna say let's uh we're gonna take one more quick little break here and we're gonna be right back after these messages. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback, and I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at FuelMeals.com has something for everybody, an easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my Fuel Meals, and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So fuel meals come in handy for me when I need it most, and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code the big guy to save 15%. Fuelmeals.com. Feed me more. All right, we are back. And uh, I was going to say I forgot you just reminded me during the break the the Cox Communications thing. So get this. You guys have all heard, we've talked about it in the past with the Wi-Fi issues, which reared their ugly head a little bit again tonight with this here, which we haven't had for a couple months. But they, I I got an email from one of my credit cards that I don't use that I had my credit score changed, and all my other cards that like I have my business credit card and 
The other ones I have, if I ever put anything on them, they're paid off instantly. Like I don't keep any debt on them. And I go, well, that's odd. My credit's been, like, that's something I take very seriously and got a very good score. And uh, they, I checked my credit thing and my my score dropped like 60-something points. And I go, what the hell? And I'm like, pull, I'm looking through it. And I see I have this collections thing from like Berlin and Wheeler. And I go, what? And then it had underneath it Cox Communications. And I just instantly just furious because so what they did is, and it's funny after all this. So I had the townhouse that I got for Airbnb initially, which I have since I rented out and I got a great tenant there and everything's on the up and up and all that. But I had the Cox cable set up there for one month. And I then I had it canceled. And I, at the time, was dealing with all my Wi-Fi issues for my house. Well, their loyalty program, whoever I was speaking to one day, she had both accounts pulled up. She voided out any charges that I had on that townhouse and erased them because of all the issues I was having with my main property here. I go return all the boxes, everything. Everything is squared away. No bill. When you turn in the stuff, like they tell if you owe any outstanding balance, they tell you everything was good. So then I, I call Cox Communications and they say, uh, they go, no, you had an outstanding balance of uh, $225 and something cents on this property. And I said, no. That was, that was voided out by the loyalty program, one of the, the representatives I had spoken to. And this is why they go, well, we don't have that documented here. And I said, okay, for whatever, like I'm just trying to stay under control in the situation. I go, I have a huge credit on my account to begin with that you guys gave me back a refund for the shitty Wi-Fi for my place. I said, why would you send a thing? I go, I never got a bill. I go, all the bills are supposed to come to my my address. They go, well, we don't have that. And then they had an email that isn't even my email. I don't even know where they got this email. Not, I don't, it was a random email that they had supposedly sent the notice to. Not, doesn't add up. But anyways, I go, well, I have this balance uh, on my account or this credit that I go, why wouldn't you just pull it from my credit that I had? You guys, I had like a seven or $800 credit. On the, I go, why wouldn't you guys just pull that from that? I go, my accounts are linked together. I'm the late, and they couldn't give me a reason. Instead, they sent it to collections. And so I, I had to, then they transferred the balance over. It was paid off. <clears throat> but they, uh, Cox Communication strikes again. But it's amazing your credit score, literally one month of being on that, dropped at 60 something points instantly. And I was just like, you mother, like, it was. I'm like in that 800 range, which is like, I, I take that very seriously because for everything that I do, I, you need good credit and, uh, Cox communications. Fuck you. That's all I'm going to say. You guys, I actually got it. This is the last, I just told you I paid the remaining balance. I need to look into switching the service altogether. And I don't, I got to look and see what other things are offered here in Vegas. Cause I think I've, I've, I've tapped out from them. It's not. It's not worth it anymore. So it's it's funny how quickly they send shit to collections if they think you owe them money. And uh, yeah. which I I forgot to tell you. Um, I mean I've kept you up to date 
mostly with the and Department they have my phone number by the way too. They could have just called. That's, yeah, yeah, not one well, call. I, I told you the fiasco that I've on and off fiasco with the Department of Revenue. I've been dealing with yeah. my my business tax as well. Got to love businesses. I, uh, you know, I found out that I had overpaid my taxes by my quarterly taxes yeah. by how dare you? Yeah, two two thousand and change. So, um, I had a meeting at the Department of Revenue in in Largo here. Blah blah blah. They gave me the forms to fill out for a refund. So I fill out all the forms, but a month later I get a notification telling me that I've been credited the money to my account. So then I had to file other forms asking for checks because it was six quarters that equaled this uh, 2000 and change. So to, to initially get the money or to, to prove it, I had to refile those quarters with the correct amounts and the, the correct amounts being the amount of sales I did just in the state of Florida because when I started my business, some asshole at the Department of Revenue when I called told me that I needed to pay tax on all my sales within the United States. And uh, that's not the case. You Ugh. only pay your, your state tax. Yeah. So um, essentially, I had to redo all of my taxes. Oh, man which took hours and hours and hours to do. And so I, I get the credit to my account. I, I do all this paperwork to get the money sent to me in person. And all of a sudden I start getting phone calls all the time from a number I don't know. And they're leaving voicemails and I listen to it and it's a collection agency. What? And I was like, what, what is this? So they wouldn't leave any details in the message. She said, please call back, extension, uh -huh. whatever. So I call back, and she's like, hi, I'm calling on, the, on behalf of uh, the Department of Revenue. And I'm like, what? She's like, you know, you have an outstanding balance of $50. I'm like, what? What the fuck? I'm like, these motherfuckers owe me a couple grand. What do you what do you mean? I owe you $50. She's like, well, we're showing that you just turned in a, uh, a quarter, uh, and that you have an outstanding balance of $50. I'm like, that's the new quarterly report that I, the amended one that I did to replace the previous one that I probably paid 400 fucking dollars in taxes on. I actually only owed 50. Yeah. So that's not a new quarterly filed late. That's an amended quarterly. Yeah. And she told me that they had issues before with the Department of Revenue being wrong and having, you know, sending shit to collections too soon. So she goes, I have to I have to call you until this is sorted out. I'm like, well, I don't know how this is getting sorted out. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. These assholes owe me six checks totaling over two thousand dollars. That was scheduled to, to in replacement of all this to, to the, with the correct numbers that you actually owed. But in that, and then they were refunding you the actual money that you were due for the refund. And this lady's trying to charge you for that, which you're not supposed to owe anything for, correct? Yeah, one of the quarters. Yeah. Every single quarter I paid originally between $200 and $800 in taxes. Okay. Some of those quarters I owed more than others, but there was this one quarter where I only owed $50 or 52 bucks or whatever the fuck it was. And... I had 
paid them probably between three and five hundred for the quarter. Yeah. So I'm overpaid by hundreds of dollars. So Ugh. when I filed the amended return, it said that I should have paid $52. Therefore, you would think, since you previously had my return, they would subtract the two numbers, and no. then that would be the difference that I'm still owed, because that's what I'm overpaid. So Life problems. Just like that, they're sending it to collections over $50. Yeah. Oh, that but shit will, what, that will, that stuff will mess you up. It will, but where's my money? I, yeah. Uh, to, to this day. You still haven't gotten it. I still didn't get my money, but I had to file my taxes the other day for July through September. And I filed online. And they were telling me before that they won't give me the money. And I said, well, why? And they wouldn't tell me why. But when I went to file my taxes, what do you think I paid with? My credit. Wait, really? Yeah. So it's like, so let me, you guys, you guys are okay with applying the credit to my account, but you will not actually physically send, send the money. The money. Yeah. That's, that was what the Cox communication, same deal. They wouldn't cut a check, but they were okay doing the credit. And it's weird. I don't understand the, the reasoning behind that, but. Bullshit. Well, they, they said I had to prove it. And I said, well, I already proved it. How else am I supposed to prove it? And they wouldn't tell me. Yeah, it's because they don't. It's all just a bunch of garbage when you're But I just thought it was funny that they owed me a couple grand. And four months later, five months later, whatever it is, I haven't seen it. But as soon as they thought that I owed them $52 straight to fucking collections. No shock to me. Life problems at its finest, man. That's... Everyone deals with them. It is, and we are no exceptions to the rule on that. They, well, but like you're saying, it, it it affects the credit score. Yeah, no, it and it drops it fast. That I've spent my entire life getting my credit to what it is, and one little thing from a from a bill that wasn't even I didn't even know that was <laughs> exactly yeah. just knocked my points down. And luckily, had I not seen that email. Because it was to one of my accounts that I hardly look at. And I just randomly opened it one day. And it happened to be the first one. Had that been anywhere else in those the email, I, I, wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have seen it. And uh, I wouldn't, like, who knows how long that would have went on for until I would have been notified that my credit was... I, I, I'm, and they, they, don't, they don't repair your credit score right away on that either. That's, nope. I got the number to that credit agency also. So, because that credit agency, by the way, never called me once. So I, I'm just, I go, the, it's so shady. But I had all these issues with Cox Communications. And then this happens under the radar. And it's, that's, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this company. They're trash, in my opinion. And, and I, I hate to say that because I've had them for a long time, but it has not been good as of uh, late. I will say with everybody, uh, little Sophie. Uh, one a little over a week after her surgery, uh, doing great. She actually her legs are working really well. Uh, spoke to a stem cell doctor here in Vegas uh, at one of the clinics. They don't do the back here, but he is actually he's he's one of the experts here in in Las Vegas. Was able uh, to talk to one of his other doctor friends in California, Doctor Walker, and I'm, I'm waiting to hear from Doctor Walker here. Uh, he specializes in stem cells for the dogs' backs. And he's actually doing them in the disc, and it's shown they've taken paralyzed dogs and have paralyzed dogs walking again. Like, it's incredible. And Sophie has 
probably seven discs in her back that will need stem cells at least. Um, three have ruptured and have been repaired. Four more are susceptible to going at any point, which based off of this last 11 months, it's a little over 10, between 10 and 11 months, uh, uh, it's it's controlled my life for the last better part of a year. So, and as well as her, she's in, she's literally gone twelve weeks of healing. I think she made it like maybe fifteen or sixteen weeks that first time. Bam, other disc ruptured. Made it twelve weeks exactly, or right around that. This last one ruptured another one in her sleep. <clears throat> so, it's uh, I'm gonna have to take her to California at some point, and. Uh, Stem cells that we, you guys have obviously heard how much they've worked for me, uh, literally probably saved my career at this point. And I'm not out of the, the woods yet, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty damn close. Uh, so I got to see what the, I got to, they're going to see if the insurance will cover it, which I, I don't know. And if not, how much money this is going to be, cause she needs so many discs treated and, uh, cause she has disc disease and, uh, there's no other alternative. It's like either. And I've told you, and, and everyone, I love my animals more than anything in the world. I love animals more than people. I'm not afraid to say it. Like, I think most people are pieces of shit. Like, I love, I fucking love dogs yep. more than anything. And I think there's a lot of great people out there. But I just think that dogs are truly uh, just the kindest, most loving animals. And, and people, I'm sure, have that feelings about other things and whatnot. But for me personally, I just have always had a, a deep connection to dogs. But they, uh, I'll do anything for her. But it's I've I've had to to realistically ask myself what do I do because it, it's 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 been it's been a lot of money it's cost me a lot of money and besides that Sophie is the one that that you know has dealt with all this and she's miserable she can't play she'll never be able to play again because it's too too high risk unless the stem cells just truly cure the disease which I don't I don't know how they would know that outside of another MRI down the road but. Um, it's definitely taken a toll on me and it has her, I could tell her like she, she's a loving, happy dog when she's, but it, it's just, it, it's been, I never could have fathomed this happening three, three times in a row and whatnot, but stem cells are going to be the next option with her because I don't know what else to do. Cause I've realistically had to ask myself, would I have to put her down if this keeps happening? And I can't bring myself to say, I would, but I really don't know what other options. If I wasn't in the position that I'm in right now, I, I, it would have already happened because it wouldn't have been able to, like with a, a regular schedule working, it would have been impossible to care for her the way she needs to be cared for. But it sucks. But hopefully she's doing great this time. Like this is the, she's, she's walking like nothing's wrong with her. So, But I have to keep her on the leash and keep her. She's in the podcast room right now. She was in the cage a long time today, but... Thank you to everybody that sent messages checking on her, and uh, she's doing awesome. So just wanted to touch on that before we end the show. But with that, you know, you got to keep in mind too with her. Some dogs, when they get older, they don't play anymore. So I mean, obviously, there's no way of knowing. Yeah. I mean, but it might not be like now. It seems like a huge uh, inconvenience to her because she's young and she's playful, but. There's a lot of dogs. Once they get a little bit over, older, they settle right down. And that is true. So I mean, it's it's hard to say whether or not. Like I mean, yeah, you get the odd dog who plays like a pup later in life, but 
she she might just be content with fucking cuddles and and uh, just going for walks. Yeah, no, that's what I'm hoping. I, I really, but the French the Frenchy breed is is a very playful breed to begin with, and then you got to remember too, little guys very Boston Terriers are notoriously hyper dogs, which he is. And whatnot, but he's like they've learned. It's crazy how they he's adjusted and he doesn't like attack her anymore. Like in a playful way, he knows. Like she's he knows she's hurt. But I'm just like she. It's very uh, you got to remember. Like I do. Like when I have her out, I worry if someone bangs on the door. People bang on the door with Amazon packages all the time, and I'm thinking I might have to put something out there to like nope, don't please don't ring the doorbell or knock on the door, ever. Something of a dog inside is injured. Something because she, if that happens, she'll take off to the door. But so I got to keep her on the leash when I have her out now because that way, and it's already happened when it, she instantly perks up and goes to wants to run to the door. But I got the leash. She can't. Just little things like that, man. It's she can, can't go outside without a, a leash on because she, if the neighbor's dogs bark, she'll run over to the brick wall and try to jump on the wall. And she's like, not, she can't do that at all right now for the first six to eight weeks. Like you can't have them like doing anything like that. Cause it could have really negative repercussions, but that's what I'm saying. I get out of that 12 week window and you think you're in the clear. Cause that's when they're technically healed. And then it's like, boom, another disc out. And it's like, there's no, when the, when the discs are rupturing in her sleep, that's where I'm, I go, what do I do? Because I've taken every precaution where there is, so it's, uh, I need to try to find a solution because otherwise I'm just going to be dealing with getting every disc fixed and it's going to be another two years before I'm, you know what I mean? And then who's to say, like, I just think stem cells are going to be the, I'm hoping they're going to be the fix to this, you know, the, the, the solution to the problem on this, but time will tell. So with that, I think go ahead and wrap up this week's show. Is there anything you'd like to go ahead and, uh, plug JD? Just the usual, Instagram, the place we all love to hate. And by we all, I mean you and I. Just us. Uh, just us. Everybody else loves it. They're like, these guys just, we're not being negative. We're talking about realistic things with it, guys. Realistic stuff. We try to, you can be positive and still talk about negative things. So we changed, it, changed the name of the podcast to uh, Conversation with Nancy and Nancy. <laughs> ne- negative Nancy's over here. I bet you if we just did a show bitching about everything, just constantly, that we would we would probably I mean real shit talkers. Numbers oh, yeah. numbers would uh be at all time highs. Could be. Which but we would be miserable. But with all we're just playing characters on the show. Nancy and Nancy, of course. Episode one twenty, no holds barred. <laughs> Ah, I was gonna do my tips of the week this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna save those for next week's guys, and um, we got Asian Joe back next week. I'm gonna be looking on to getting another guest. We got uh, possibly Rico coming up, uh, former WWE superstar, and uh, Trent Beretta. Also, I uh, got on the lineup coming up here soon when he gets back from Japan, probably, and uh, yeah. With that, I think for all fan mail, please send it to P.O. Box 752740, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89136. Check out our Amazon merch uh, for Feed Me More Nutrition, Feed Me More 
the big guy Ryback. Feed Me More Nutrition, the big guy Ryback. And uh, we're actually going to be getting those uploaded uh, to the feedmemore.com website, I was going to say, uh, for direct links to those individual shirts, the Feed Me More Nutrition shirts on the website. Feed Me More Nutrition available on feedmemore.com, Amazon, and eBay for international orders in Las Vegas at Spartan Nutrition and Wise Chiropractic. For personal video shout-outs from the big guy Ryback, go to bookcameo.com, cameo.com slash the big guy Ryback. Book the big guy yahoo.com for all professional wrestling bookings. Check out my book, Wake Up, It's Feeding Time, on Amazon paperback, Audible, and Kindle formats. Fuel Meals, fuelmeals.com, my personal meal prep service. Save 15% with discount code, the big guy. And follow us on social media. Watch this show on YouTube, youtube.com slash feedmemore channel. Please like and subscribe if possible. And on social media, at CWTBG and at Ryback22 on Twitter, at FMM Nutrition on Twitter, at Feed Me More Nutrition on Facebook, at The Big Guy Ryback22, and at Feed Me More Nutrition on Instagram, at Conversation with the Big Guy on Instagram, Ryback247 on Snapchat. And that's all. That's it for me. You guys are just, that's all. Just no more more plugs. Uh, Three more pages coming up, actually. And Blue Chew. Check out Blue Chew, guys. And uh, nice little sponsor of the show. Save with discount code Ryback on BlueChew.com. Get your first order for free. I think you just pay shipping. And outside of that, thank you for listening. You've just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy. Feed me more.